he can move a mountain. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. He's the author. And it's all about worshiping him oh, this yes, morning. God, yes, you know, I thought as I was standing there that, you know, it, when all is stripped away, mm-hmm. when all is stripped away, when all is stripped away, will we still worship? Come on now. Hallelujah. Will we still praise the Lord? Hallelujah. Will we use what we have That's right. to praise That's the Lord? That's right. I got Woo! hands I can clap. Amen. Come on. Thank you. I have a voice I can sing. I have arms that I can wave. I have yes, feet I can stomp. I can praise the Lord when all is stripped That's away. Right. Come That's on. Right. It's all about Jesus. That's what it's all about. It's all about Jesus. It's not about performing for him. It's about just worshiping Thank him. Thank you, God. In the beauty of Thank holiness. You, God. As I was standing here, I'm listening to every voice and I'm listening to everybody you lift up their voice. You know, we don't wait till Sunday morning to come That's to worship, right? right? I hope we don't. Amen. I hope that we're worshiping in our homes and in our cars and, 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 you know, in the, in the, in the shower, come on. And, and most of all, you know what? In our life. That's right. That's right. See, because we could sing really loud and mm-hmm. shout really loud with Thank our voices. God. But, but what God, God wants is a life that Thank shouts and a life that mm-hmm. sings and a life that praises him. Thank and so I'm so God. thankful. That's why we gather together. We come together to get Thank stronger so that our lives praise the Lord. That when we Thank walk out you, these God. doors mm-hmm. and go into our homes, our jobs, right. uh, the store, the, you know, wherever we go, there's a life that's right. shining and that's praising the Lord and so I just thank God because he's worthy to be praised this morning he's worthy of the best you guys come on you know sometimes we're we hold back because we don't think that we got it like Mm. somebody else but you sing your song come on you clap your hands come on because you're not doing it for somebody else you're doing it for the Lord and you're doing it because he's been good to you come on our praise and worship should reflect how good he's been to us personally and then corporately it comes together and it's a beautiful thing because that's what you feel the joy of the lord and the joy of the lord is our strength i said the joy of the lord is our strength it's been a good week it's been a god week it's been him watching over us it's been him keeping us it's been him directing us come on it's been him just loving on us you know when i think of the goodness of jesus and all he's done for me just this week my soul can't help but cry out sing out raise my arms out come on do whatever it takes to let god what i'm doing is letting god know how much i love him and you and you know if you can use anything lord you can use me come on we're going to praise the Lord this morning. So we thank God. There are some of you this morning that God is letting me know you're going through great struggle. It's in your worship. It's in your worship. What worship means, you guys, is that we give him worth. Okay? Worship reminds us who we're giving worth to. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, that he can do the impossible. And so this morning, God wants you to focus on the one. You're not worshiping man or your situations. You're worshiping God. God. 
God is who we're worshiping this morning. And as we worship him, let's enlarge him over our situations, over our circumstances, over our pains, over our sorrows, over our disappointments, over what looks like it's over. Let's not forget we just celebrated Resurrection Sunday. He's the God that says, yes, you'll rise again. And so, Lord, as we bow our heads this morning, Father, in the name of Jesus, there are those that have came in and said, Lord, just bless me. There's some that their souls are crying out over their situations, God, and just bless it. Some are asking, can these bones live, Lord? Father, you said they can live through you. And so, Father, we remind ourselves, God, that you got up. (laughs) Wasn't just an event. It's a daily promise in our lives. And so, God, this morning we celebrate your getting up and us getting up and daily in our lives. There are things that are rising that look dead that are coming alive. And we thank you right now. We walk by faith and not by sight. We believe in you. We believe in you, the resurrection and the life. Oh, Father, we thank you right now. There's healing in this place. Healing not just for the body, but healing for the mind, healing for the spirit. God, there is healing in this place. There is deliverance in this place, oh God. There is victory in this place. Oh God, in this place right now. And Father, we lift up our souls and our mind and our hearts to you. And we receive, God, what you have for us today. Oh, God, we say thank you. We say thank you in advance, God, because you're a mighty good God. You're gracious to us and ever faithful and ever true. Father, somebody may be listening online that needs you right now. Father, you are faithful. God, you are here, there, and everywhere. Right where they are at, God, you are there. And we ask that you would touch them, God. Make your presence known, God. Let them know that you care about them, that you love them that you are the God that sees. So, God, today we pray for a word, God, that comes to our spirits, God, a word that will bring life, instruction, strength, and power. God, we thank you for this community of believers, God, the body of Christ, and we're so thankful that we belong. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you, worship team. Thank you so much. Amen. We pray for all of those that are away. We do pray for lift up Robert while he's gone on his little time away. Come on. Our, and we lift up um, Sam. Sam's visiting an, another friend's getting baptized at another church this morning. So we're just thankful for that, that he would go and support that. And we're just thankful for everybody that's in the house of the Lord. We pray for those that are sick and shut in, that you would know that we are praying for you and lifting you up. and. And knowing that God is a healer. Come on. He is a healer. How many have just felt his healing power just in this very week? I know I have. Amen. Just in this very week. And I'm just so thankful that he is the God that sees And that's what I just love that he's the God that sees nobody else may see what you're going through and you might be trying to keep it internally, but he is the God that sees. We're so glad for Elizabeth being here with her husband. Amen. Amen. She's in the back for everybody that doesn't know Elizabeth is newly married. Amen. And we're so glad for her and 
her husband and pray um, God's blessings continue to just work through them and over them and that they could be in this generation another marriage that that shines to the glory of God. Amen. That's what we want our marriages to do, to shine to the glory of God. And you know what? You already got a good indication of you're both in the house of the Lord. Come on. I'm glad about that. Amen. And so we thank God for that, and we continue to pray blessings over you this morning. Right now, we're going to get ready to call up our pastor. Amen. We're getting ready for the word this morning. Amen. The Bible says, thy word have I hid in my heart. You guys just don't hear it hide it just don't hear it with the ears and not hide it in the heart this morning i want you to be intentional about hearing the word of god because you know it's not just for your neighbor you didn't your neighbor didn't just come to get a word this morning now you got to be um intentional i came to get a word this morning because do you know what god sweeps this whole room and he gives us each a word and that word is for our needs and so right now i just pray over our ears our spiritual ears every distraction would be taken away that we would have ears open and ready to hear the word of god Oh, God, I ask right now that you would look at the condition of the soil that the seed is going to be planted in. And, Father, where there is hard ground, I ask that you would break up that hard ground in the name of Jesus. Father, make it soft, pliable, where the seed can go in, God, in the name of Jesus, that there are seeds that is just planted, and then there are seeds that will be watered. Make us ready in whichever place we are to be planted or watered. Oh, God, we thank you because, God, we are asking that the seed of the word will bring forth much fruit in our life and that we will be able to nourish others through the word that is planted in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, I just begin to think about how the scripture says that everything that what has breath. That's all we that's all we really need is breath. Amen. You're not always gonna have somebody to sing with you, amen, or to lead you in the song or worship or to play music for you. Amen. We should be able to worship him at any time, at any place, amen, because that's who he is and that's how he wants us to operate and to live. That you know, we worship him constantly throughout the day, communing with him. Amen. And I like how as Pastor was saying, giving worth because he what? He's worthy. He is no one is as worthy as God. Amen. Well let me just put it this way. No one is not said as worthy, but no one is worthy other than God. Amen. Sometimes we, 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 we worship the wrong things or the wrong people. Amen. We got the American idols and you know all the celebrities and all these things. You know, all the little groupies that follow this one or follow that one. Amen. And they 
just be so excited when they see him in person. And, you know, we just start worshiping man. Amen. But we got to worship the creator more than, you know, the created. And that's who he is. We thank the Lord. Another beautiful day to be in the God's kingdom. Amen. I enjoyed some of that beauty yesterday as I cut my lawn and just enjoyed. That's, that's my exercise, part of my exercise. So I don't mind that, amen. It's kind of therapeutic. Takes me a little time, but I need to. I just thank God for his goodness. You know, this morning, amen, as we, we look. Amen. And remember that, you know, here we are a week after Easter Sunday, you know, or, or are we really? You know, cause, you know, it might be a surprise to some of us to know that all Christians did not celebrate Easter on last week. Amen. You know, that's, that's an interesting thing because when you stop and think about it, you, you think we always got it just right. And we lead the way. We're in the U.S. of A. And what we say and how we do things determine everything. Isn't that right? No, that's wrong. You know, <laughs> we don't always got it. You know, so as as we begin to think about you know the Easter and how it's celebrated, and then millions of Christians around the world didn't celebrate last week. They celebrate today. Amen. We had Easter Sunday, but in the Orthodox Church, they have what they call Orthodox. Amen. And they celebrate it differently. And, you know, it's, it's done with a purpose, you know, because truly sometimes Easter's not always on the same day. You know, it's not even always in the same month. You know, it just depends on where it falls in, in according to the calendar. Amen. And see, in the Orthodox Church, amen, they definitely make sure that they celebrate Easter after the Passover. Amen. Because Christ celebrated Passover before he went to the cross. You know, so we got to recognize, okay, there's something that we need to understand here. And then one of the other reasons is, you know, why are there two different dates? It's not only because of the Passover, but it's also because we they use a different calendar than we use. They use the, the Julian calendar, amen, which was, you know, set up by Julius Caesar, hence the Julian calendar. Amen. But yet we go by the Gregorian calendar. Amen. King George Gregorian. Amen. Set up the different calendar. So we go by that one. And they don't always line up with each other. You know, so this is one of them things that, you know, if you don't stop and think about it, well, we still celebrate the same thing. Because when it comes down to it, the fact is, he rose. Right? Just like, you know, we, we're not definite, we're not sure, or, you know, and all that about the the birth of Christ, what day it was, but we know that what? He was born. So we know he rose, I mean, he was born, and we know that he died, and he rose again. So, you know, sometimes we can get stuck on the details, amen, and we'll debate and we'll be divided over the details of how and what Christ did, but it's not about the details, it's about the action that he took, amen, for you and I, amen, so that we could have an opportunity. You know, you know I thank God for the, the message that Pastor Linda brought on last week, amen, because she truly brought a powerful message talking about the mercy of God. Amen, and when we think about his mercy, 
We don't hear a lot about the mercy. Like she was talking about on last week, you know, folks don't like to talk about mercy. You know, one of the things is, uh, you know, we were talking about it even after, you know, sometimes we don't like to give mercy. Think about someone that hurts you. Oh, well, you quick, you know, I'm going to give have mercy on you. Or do we go to a mindset, they're going to pay. And I'm not going to settle. I'm not going to be comfortable. I'm not going to be happy until they pay. They need to be what? Held accountable. Am I talking to anybody in here? Now, how many of us, no, 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 I want you to raise your hand on this one if you want to tell me this. How many of us have ever been in a position where we needed to be held accountable? Where we needed to be held accountable? I think, you know, that would probably be about all of us. Amen. And in those instances, why aren't you relieved when they show mercy? When they, you know, I, no, I'm not talking about pity. I'm talking about mercy because they have the authority. They're not feeling sorry for you, but they have the authority or had the authority to hold you accountable and make you pay for the actions that were wrong. But instead, they showed mercy. And maybe they didn't call it mercy. See, we, we like to make the word mercy and grace interchangeable. No, they're not. Amen. See, we, we like to say, well, can I get a little grace? What you're really asking for is mercy. But see, we, we don't want to ask for mercy because mercy, when we ask for mercy, it's an acknowledgement that I was wrong. Right? So we'd rather ask for grace. It sounds a little easier. That's like, you know, some people have a problem with saying I'm so they would prefer to say, I apologize. See, I heard it over there. Mm-hmm. We'd rather apologize than to say we were sorry. But an apology isn't a sorry. Apology is an explanation for what you did. That's why when you look at Christian apologetics, it's explaining the scripture. You're explaining what you did wrong and why you did it. You never did really say you were sorry. Right? It's all, it's all in the words. You never know what's going to happen on Sunday morning. Never did that before. So as we're waiting for this device, As we're waiting for this thing to cooperate, I want you just to think about the love of Christ. You know, last week, as I said, we, we celebrated Easter according to our tradition. Amen. But it's yet being celebrated. But, and we talk about the resurrection and the, his rising from the dead and all those things, but, but do we um, think about Stop and think about the resurrected Christ after the resurrection. We think about how he came after the resurrection. Or do we even recognize or realize the fact that he did came after the resurrection? And in what ways did he change? Because he went from being, you know, the, 
the coming Messiah. He came and he made the way for you and I, and he did all those things. But after he performed, and I hate to use the word perform, but after he followed through with his mission, his purpose. You know, so many times in Scripture you said, you know, it's all of my hour has not come. But when his hour came, he faced it. And that was the time that he went to the cross, amen, and he hung, bled, and died for you and I, amen. And as we stop and think about when he came back, what was different about the time? The, the, the change that, that took place in him for our benefit. You know, and as we think about that, I just want to touch on just a few areas, amen, that he actually did change. Amen. And sometimes we don't want to even, you know, stop and recognize it or really take notice of it because we read through the scriptures and we all do. I mean, sometimes, you know, how many times we say that we look at the passage and we look at a passage we've read many, many times before and all of a sudden something else jumps out at us. We have those aha moments. You know, I still have those. I hope you do too. You know, after all the years I've been teaching and preaching and studying, you know, the Word of God, you know, those things jump out. Just like as she was talking about mercy, how profound it is, but how little it's talked about. You know, one of the interesting things was that we were home one day last week, and we used to have on, you know, the TBN or one of those playing, and here was Joyce Meyer preaching on what? Mercy. And I said, wow, look at that. That's just God confirming his word. God is speaking to his people, amen, on that topic because we need to understand, amen, the difference between mercy and grace. Amen. Grace is something wonderful, amen, but mercy is something needed. You have to have that mercy, amen. You know, mercy drove Jesus to the cross, amen. Mercy is what I believe caused God to, to, to devise a plan when Adam and Eve fell. You know, because you say, oh, i got to have mercy on them because they done got themselves in trouble. Amen. And we stop and think about that. You know, we all need God's help. You know what I'm saying? Well, we look at a child, an innocent child. What did they do wrong? Why did they forgive them? Because we all have, what is it called? The sin nature that's in us. You know, one thing we were talking about as we were listening to that, you know, I was thinking about, you know what? We have seven children. Seven children, and not one of them that we have to teach to lie. Or we didn't have to teach them to steal when you say, don't get in the ticky job. How many of you parents took time out to teach your children how to be disrespectful? See, all, the, all that and more comes out of the sin nature that's in us. And it's in all of us, amen. It, without the help of Christ and his word, amen, we will remain in that condition. We will remain in that, that sinful state. So when we stop and think about what Christ did for us, amen, he went from one mode to the other mode, amen, and we need to really see the difference in the mode that he changed to because as he changed after the resurrection, he was on a whole different mission. He had accomplished going to the cross. He had accomplished dying and providing, you know, a sacrifice for our sins. He had accomplished that. So now he was on another mission, amen, for us, amen. And when we stop and think about what it was that changed in him, amen, you know, I want to ask you a question. What changed in you when you 
came up out of the water. I hear the, mm, mm. You know, when, when Jesus changed, the first indication that he changed is when he ran into Mary in the garden. That was an interesting change, amen, because she went to the, the garden tomb to, to see and to prepare his, I mean, to, you know, anoint his body. But all of a sudden, she got there, and she looked, and the tomb was stone is rolled away, and she seen two angels, one sitting at the head and one sitting at the foot of where Jesus laid. And she asked, well, where have they taken him? They've taken my Lord away. And, and then she heard a voice, you know, in, in the garden. And she turned, and she seen Jesus. But think about this. Mary knew but when she saw him, she thought he was the gardener. Now, all of a sudden, how do you go from being recognizable and known to the natural eye? And, and now when she turns, she knows Jesus. And when she turns, she don't even recognize him. She doesn't even know who he is. It's like a veil is over her eyes. Uh, you know, he's transfigured himself in something. I, I, I don't know what it was that caused her not to be able to recognize him, but, you know, she began to ask him, do you know where they took him? Now, she's talking to him and said, do you know where they took his body? So I can go and I'll take it away. And he said, Mary. All he did was just say, Mary. And she recognized who he was. So, so that's one of the things that I, I look at his ability to be not seen, his ability to not be seen the same. Okay, I, 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 I want y'all to work on work on this because see, when we came up out of the water, see when we when we gave our life to Christ, Amen, and we we got saved, Amen. There should be some progressive changes taking place. Amen. In our character, some change is taking place in the way we present ourselves. Some change is taking place that people don't recognize you no more. Like they recognize you when you were steep in sin. See, so after we come to him, amen, and the scripture lets us know. All right, let's look at John. You know, Jesus does this some 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 interesting things after his resurrection. John, the 20th chapter, and starting at the, I just want to read the 19th verse. It said, then the same day, that evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, peace be unto you. Now I'm going to read that in the Amplified so you'll get a better, a closer understanding. Later on that day, the disciples had gathered together, but fearful of the Jews, had locked all the doors in the house. Jesus entered, stood among them, and said, peace, peace. Now, all the doors are locked. They basically, where are they? They're in hiding because they killed Jesus, and now they're afraid they're coming for us next. We don't know what's going to happen, so they're, they're in this, this house, and they lock all the doors, and all of a sudden, Jesus just appears in the room. 
He didn't come through the door. He didn't knock on the door. He didn't have a key. But he just appeared. He, he never did that before. But he, he's, he's, in a, he's in a different mode, amen. He's, he's, he's well, can, can, can I say it like this? He is putting the icing on everything that he'd already done. Because he told them before he was crucified that he would be crucified. He told them before that he would raise on the third day, but they didn't understand what he was talking about. So he's coming back and he's letting them know, I did what I said I did and here I am. Now, when you're dealing with those that you used to, maybe used to, hopefully used to run with, can you point out a difference? Can I point out a difference? Am I, am I the same person? Because he, he, the, the, the scripture teaches us that we should be like him. So we're going to get to here in, in a minute. But not only did he appear, he also disappeared. Now that's a pretty good one. And he's not no magician. Amen. But he, he can appear and disappear at will. Can't you wait till you get your glorified body? Mm-hmm. You can come and go and, you know, sit in. I mean, <laughs> y'all better be careful. Amen. But let's look in, in, in Luke, the 24th chapter. There were two of his disciples the day that Mary ran and she told them that he, his body was gone. A couple of his disciples decided that, you know, they were traveling from there to, to a city called Emmaus. Not very far away, but as they were walking Jesus joined himself to them. And again, they didn't know who he was. So he asked them, what are these things? Because they were talk, walking and talking about the resurrection, just like we should be walking and talking about the goodness of God. Amen. And all of a sudden they asked him, you know, uh, no, he asked them, what are these things you're talking about? And they said, are you a stranger from around here? Don't you know what's happening? Things that just took place, how they crucified. And they begin to tell him, and they asked him that question. Do you know, he said, what things? You know, he's just kind of playing along, you know, and, and they begin to explain to him. And, and, and then he, he told them, oh, you faithless. And he began to break down the scripture to them. They still don't know it's Jesus. But this guy they just met has broken down the scripture to them in such a way it just stirred their hearts. It, you know, but then as they got to Emmaus, he acted as if he's going to go on further. But they compelled him to stay and spend the night because it had gotten late. And in this verse, let's look what happens. He said, but they pressed him. Hey, man, I'm looking at Luke 24, 29. He says, stay and have supper with us. It's nearly evening. The day is done. So he went in with them, and here is what happened. He sat down at the table with them, taking the bread. Look at this. He blessed and broke and gave it to them. At that moment, up until this time, he's staying. We're going to sit down and have something to eat. But up until that moment, it's at that moment, open their eyes wide. Wide. I, I mean, open eyed, wide eyed. They recognize. And then Jesus be messing with people. He don't walk with them, talk with them, broke the word down to them. Amen. All these things, and, and and then he said, when he as soon as he broke the bread, as he did at the last supper. Now, do you remember what he said at the last supper? He said, "I won't supper with you again until 
you know. So as he broke the bread, their eyes became open, and they knew who he was. They recognized him, and then he disappeared. Wow. How would you feel if you were sitting breaking bread with somebody, and you know they didn't get up and walk out the room, but you blink, and they're gone? So again, I ask you the question. When you're breaking bread with somebody, at what point do they recognize who you really are? Or do they just know the old person? At what point, amen, do we, we cause them to wonder? Because they went on, amen, and after they looked at it, they said, did not our hearts burn? as he opened up the scriptures to us. They knew there was something about this man, but not until he revealed to them who he was by allowing their eyes to be open. They still didn't have a clue. Now, I will submit to you, sometimes we break bread with people and, and we never open their eyes. We never, you know, all right, y'all. You know, we, we never take the time or the moment or the action to reveal to them our new nature in Christ, amen, so that we can walk. See, I'm talking about the resurrected Christ. He did some things, and, and as we look, amen, we should also be walking in a new way. We should also be presenting ourselves in a new way, amen, and this is something that, you know, we must take on. <laughs> you know, and in Acts 1 and 3, amen, it, it says this, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. Many. And his passion was what? When he went to the cross. The passion of Christ. The hanging. The, the suffering. It's called a passion. Can you imagine suffering being called passion? Are y'all passionate about y'all suffering? No. But, you know, I, I look at this, amen. He says, by many infallible proofs. In other words, there's no debate. Many ways and many things he did and proved to them who he was. Amen. Like he said he was. And it says, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now, what's he talking about? The kingdom of God. Amen. And he spoke of those things. See, sometimes we, we find ourselves in conversations about everything else in the world. Hmm. Politics. Finance. You know, we, we, we engage in all kinds of conversations. Amen. And it's okay. I'm, I'm not beating us up because I have different conversations. But somewhere along the line, whether you're talking about finance or, po I mean, you know, politics or health, Amen. You know, all of our conversations are a great, now even the, the hard and the deep places are a great segue to the gospel. If we would just take that opportunity, take that moment, amen, seize that moment, amen, when someone is just, 
so adamant about this, that, or the other. But, you know, and you, by the help of the Holy Spirit, can, can take that opportunity and say, you know what, politics is okay. But you know what? The government's on God's shoulders. He's got the power. Or you're struggling with finance. I'm tired of being broke. But, you know, my God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. See, we, we can make those segues, amen, because what Jesus did, amen, he just, after his resurrection, we don't see him stopping to sleep stopping to eat. He just was about the kingdom. Every instance after that was all about the kingdom. Amen. And and see, after we have been resurrected in him, are we moving in the same thing? Resurrected life. Changed life. Amen. Because we're following the resurrected Savior. I'm going to read this, that that verse in in the Amplified. Acts 1 and he said, to them also he showed himself alive after his passion, his suffering in the garden and on the cross by a series of many convincing demonstrations, unquestionable evidences, infallible proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and talking to them about the things of the kingdom of God. I have to ask myself, as well as you, have we demonstrated any infallible proof that we've been changed. Oh, it's quiet. You know, have we presented any concrete change that people know, oh, something happened to him. He ain't the same. I mean, when folks would say something to her, she'd fly off the hand. I, I, I remember if someone got in his face, blow up. But something different about Do your family members, do your friends, your your you know, your your running mate, do they see a difference that lets them know beyond a doubt, beyond questioning that you've changed. These are hard questions that we gotta answer, but it really shouldn't be that hard. But if we haven't even bother to examine them. They cause us to use a little soul searching, all right? You know, as we look at because see, we're supposed to be striving to be like him. And then one of the greatest things that he did, amen, which was sad but happy at the same time, is he ascended back up into heaven. Into the heavens. He was gone. He could he didn't do that before his resurrection. Look at Acts. That body was totally different a different thing. Acts 1, verses 9 and to 11, it says, And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, now see, he didn't go away in a sin. He did it right in front of him. Now how would you see again? I don't know if I was standing there talking to, you know, talking to somebody and all of a sudden they start rising up so much. Hey, you know, she said, take me with you. You ain't ready. You ain't ready. You, you know, <laughs> but, but he, well, you know, you said while they beheld, he was taken up. I notice he said he was taken up and the cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Now, again, 
angels, watch, watch, watch. Which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? Why stand looking at the clouds? He said, that same Jesus, the same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go up into heaven. Now, we talk about the rapture, you know, and, you know, when Christ comes and the, the trumpet sounds and, you know, and the, lie, the, the dead in Christ shall arise first and, and we that are alive and remain shall be caught up with them to meet them in the air. Now, see, you might have the same opportunity to blow someone's mind. Right? But you got to be in what? Right standing. You got to be, you know what? See, so when they see you rise up, but see, even before then, before our physical body rise, or however it's going to happen, they should already see us rise. Y'all follow me? They should already see us rising above the cares, the struggles, and the pains of this world. They should already see us beginning to rise in our character and our responses, amen, and our, our conversation. They should already see us rising, amen, in, in so many ways they would already begin to say, they, they would already begin to marvel because we have the power to do it. But one of the problems that we, we see in Christendom is that we don't exercise the power that the Word of God has given us. We hear it, we see it, we read it, we preach it, we sing it, but when it comes time to really applying it, we, we, we get a little, I use an old term, wishy-washy. You know, sometimes it's because we don't want to Step out on faith and, and, and do or declare or whatever, because what if it don't happen? How many of us have been there? Or, you know, faith is, is not what we see, but it's what we believe. So he's challenging us. I'm challenging us, amen, to, to step out on what you believe. Do we really believe God is a do we really believe his word when it tells us to, to take these steps, amen? Do we believe the, his spirit when he's putting the unction in us to go and to do something or to bless somebody or to just say a word? Do we believe that if he said it, he got my back? If he said it, he said he won't let us be put to shame. Right? But also on the other side, you see, you got, you got the Holy Spirit over in this ear, and you got the enemy over in this ear. Amen. And so we got to decide which one we're going to listen to, which one we're going to give credence to, which one we're going to believe, or are we going to remain in the middle ground? Because Christ was different after Right? I mean, we see so many ways that, that he was different, but we got to begin, I got to begin to look at where is the difference not just, I know that I know that I know. On the inside, I know I love him. I know I'm saved. I know how I feel about my relationship. But is there any external evidence 
is there have there been any external, visible, seeable pain so that we can, because, you know, you can have all that power. You can be connected to all the power in the world, but if you never hit the switch. You know, these lights work even when they're off. They're still, they, they're ready. But not until you hit the switch do we get to see the light that they can produce. What am I saying? Not until you step out and you walk out in the spirit can the world see the light that we're called to be. It can be shut down on the inside. I got the Holy Ghost with fire and then stuff. Okay? But where's it showing up? On your job? Oh, oh, Sunday morning. Sunday morning, the Holy Ghost comes. You know, but what about Monday morning? And throughout the rest of the week, amen, are we, are we hitting that switch when coworkers or bosses are getting on our nerves? Are we hitting that switch when, when our loved ones is, is, is working on that last reserve nerve? We got to have some infallible proof. You should have many infallible proof. You know, Jesus said these words. He said, greater thing will you do. See, they, were, they marveled at the things that he did, but he, he let them know greater thing shall you do. He was only here for a short period. His ministry was only three years. You know, he, you know, he went in. in actually began his ministry about the age of 30, amen, when, and, and three years later, he was done. He was resurrected. But see, we got a whole lot more than three years going for it. Right? So it's time for us to say, okay, I, I need to sow into this thing so I can produce something out of this thing. Amen, so that we can be seen. You know, I, I believe that we should be able to live a resurrected life now. Even though we haven't received a glorified body, we have received a glorified spirit that can operate on the inside of us and, amen, and lead, guide, and direct us in all the things that we do, amen, because the resurrection means it, it's simply to restore something to what, what once was. So I said, well, um, I've never been in this condition before. I've never We've all, I was born sin, and you already pointed that out, Pastor David, and we were shaped in iniquity, and, you know, I, and sin, our mothers can see, and the scripture tells us all these things, amen, that we have the, the, the Adamic sin nature on us, and all this, you know, so how can I be restored to what was? Let me help you with that. To be resurrected, it's being read. In other words, that R.E. on the beginning says going back to an original state. In every single one of us, God created us for a specific condition to live. He created us. Even though we came through the, the sin of Adam, he created us with our original purpose and condition in mind. And all that Christ has done, amen, through the crucifixion and the resurrection has made a way for us to get back to that original state that God intended from the beginning. Just as he was, you know, from Adam and Eve all the way down to us, 
he still has an original state that we see. We say, well, I've always been in a fallen condition. But in order to fall, you must have been upright. You must have been in the good state to fall from that state. And that's the state he's trying to get us to. It's his original design, his original purpose, his original plan for us to operate in. And it's possible because God says so. All he needs is our what? Cooperation. Our willingness. Oh, my goodness. Okay, hold it here. Willingness comes from what? Our will. And what do I always say about our will? Best thing you can do with your will is give it to God. Right? See, so when we give our will to God and we follow the word of God, it will lead us right into our original condition that he wants us to live in, one that exemplifies him in the earth and has equipped and prepared us to get out of here and spend eternity reigning and ruling with him. That's, that's, that's the whole thing in a nutshell. But if we never surrender our will by giving our willingness to God, then we will still struggle with this flesh, struggle with this world, struggle with all the stuff around us because we have not allowed the resurrection to truly take place in our lives. And we need that resurrection. You know, we, we, we need to grab hold of it, amen. I think about God, he, he does things in such a way when he began to bring the children of Israel back to Jerusalem, because Jerusalem was annihilated. But he said, no, the scripture lets us know in so many ways, amen, and we see it in the news, amen, all the way back to 47 and 48 when they were beginning to reestablish. What happened is God is bringing his people back to the original land because what is he doing? He's resurrecting Jerusalem. He's resurrecting his relationship with them. So when the time comes that it speaks of in Romans, amen, that every Jew will be acknowledged and be saved. But this is our time now. Okay? Because it also lets us know in Romans that the time is coming when that door is going to be shut. I don't want to be on the other side. Okay, but he's resurrecting, and it's interesting because you look. At, at how he's done it, he brought them back. And they're rebuilding the new Jerusalem. On, and I'm not, I'm not talking about the new Jerusalem when he comes. It's now. They're rebuilding atop the old city. Like it raised it back up again. When we went there, it was amazing because there were some places along the way you could stop and they have these, you know, things in the middle of the walkway. And you could look down through the plexiglass and you can see the old city. Where they're, where they're doing the excavating and all that, you know, archaeologists and all that. And you can see the old city literally below the new city. They had to resurrect, you know, their old ancient language that had been forgotten. They had to go back and resurrect the ancient language, amen, and learn how to read it and write it and speak it again. Amen. They had to go back and relearn how to, to plant and grow crops in the desert. Resurrected them. God likes to bring dead things back to life. You know, because Jerusalem was dead, amen. And you and I were dead in our sins, amen. And so what did he do? He came to resurrect us through the blood of Christ. To, to, to take us to a place, amen, that now we can be able to function. So our mission now becomes, amen, to, to follow his word 
amen, and allow his word to set the pattern of our lives so that we can function in a way that brings him honor and glory and we can be in, have a good relationship with our creator. Amen. So when the time comes, we can be up out of here. But this world is difficult. This world is trying to trip us up, stop us, amen, and, and let's not talk about the flesh. This flesh suit that, that, that we have to operate in is always not wanting to cooperate. You know, because it's had such an appetite for sin for so long, amen, and then when we try to turn, it don't want to turn. You know, and that's one of the other places we find ourselves worshiping the creature more than the creator and giving into this rather than yielding to him and saying no to this thing. You know, I, I, I look at, you know, as he was going about, when Jesus first came, he let him know this, amen, in Matthew 4 and 17. He said, for that time, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, I want us to think about this. As we allow ourselves to be resurrected, how do we function? And he's telling them when he first began his ministry, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He didn't say it's coming. It's at hand. It's here. So in other words, what he's trying to help them to understand is you can actually function in the kingdom now. You don't have to wait until the rapture. You can begin to function in the kingdom. Amen. Because what? You know, Jesus told them when he was, when they were questioning, he said, my kingdom is not of this world. Amen. He said, it's not of this. In other words, it didn't come from this world, but it can function. In if we understand that, we understand he's our king, we are his subjects, and we are subject to his rule. His ways and his word, amen, and all those things. In Romans 6, now this one here will help us a lot. Like you, you, you read this part of these passages, the baptism. So forth. In Romans 6, starting at the first verse, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? We've heard the gospel, we know the word. And he says, Shall we continue sinning? No, because there's grace. You know, sometimes we preach so much grace, we don't teach sin against the sin. Because you got grace, Ron, you don't have to repent no more. But the Bible tells me if you you have an advocate. If you didn't have to repent, things didn't have to come, you wouldn't need an advocate. Okay? You know, he said, grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. But sometimes we're just getting the grace, but we're not getting the But he said, he said, you know, that grace be abound. God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin? Now, they're not dead physically, but he said they're dead to sin. How many of us think about the fact that in, in, in our resurrected life, amen, that we can truly be dead Sin. But you run into folks that everybody sins, you gotta sin. Show me that in scripture. Because if it was so, Jesus wouldn't have told so many people to what? Go and sin no more. If it was impossible, he wouldn't have told them that. See, so we don't have to sin. You know, I ask people on that topic, I, I get a little tested because I ask people, tell me what sin you just Now, there's a lot of them you might want to do. But which one did you, if you, if you don't do it, you're going to die. And sometimes we're so in love with the sin, we think we're going to die if we don't. 
But you don't have to sin. You know, I, I think about how David said in, in Psalms 15 and 4, he that swears to his own hurt and changes not. It might be pain for you to tell that truth. It might be pain for you to stand your ground. It might be, but you don't have to sin. Why? Because you're a resurrected being. You're living in a resurrected life, amen, that is operating in the kingdom of God now. We don't have to wait. Well, one day it's gone. No, he said the kingdom is at hand. Let's, let's read the rest of this. He said, you know, God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that as many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? In other words, we died with him. That's what he said. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. We should walk in a whole new life, a whole new way of doing, a whole new way of operating. Amen. He said, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. We're going to be resurrected like him. Amen. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. This old body might be destroyed. Now look what he says. Knowing this, that the old man, that henceforth we should not serve. For he that is dead is free from sin. So my question is, <laughs> you might guess this one. Are you dead yet? Are you dead yet? Huh? You know, we used to sing, we used to sing old song. Y'all might remember it. Why don't you what? Die now so you don't have to die no more. In other words, die to this world, die to sin, die to the flesh. Amen. So now that you can operate alive in Christ. Are you dead? You know what? You, 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 you never see a dead man complain. You can slap a dead man, he ain't going to respond. Huh? Christian? Huh? But Jesus tell us about that. He said, Libby, he told us to, to turn the other cheek. And he wasn't talking about theirs. Are you dead yet? That the things of this world have no longer have such effect and a you know control and power over you. Amen. That you respond to it more than you respond to the gospel, more than we respond to the Holy Spirit, more than we respond to the Word of God. Yes. Did, yes. I think some of us have got some dying to do. We, we, we still kicking. Rigor mortis ain't set in yet. Uh, we still wiggling, trying to get off the table. You got you to you give it up. Ah. <laughs> Look at Romans 8 and 10. It says, and if Christ be in you, uh-oh, 
Come by the Holy Spirit. See, he's here to help us. See, if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. And notice, he ain't talking about my righteousness or yours. He's talking about Christ's righteousness. For if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Jesus from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth within you. In other words, he's going to help you. He's going to help you, amen, and be able to operate as a resurrected soul in the kingdom of God in this present world. So now we're operating in our power. We can speak to things, amen, and expect something to happen. We can take authority over this flesh and expect it to obey. Amen. We, we can do these things because why? It's not us, but notice it said, his spirit dwells in us. What's that called? Holy Ghost. We, 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 we often like to say, I got the Holy Ghost. But the question is, exactly, does the Holy Ghost have you? See, when we got the Holy Ghost, we can move it aside. You know, we, we, we're still in charge. But when we allow the spirit that has is, is come to quicken our mortal bodies to operate, he said, therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, we shall die. <laughs> now he's talking about a spiritual death. He said, if we live after the death, we shall die. But if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Now, what's it mean to mortify something? Kill it. That's why they call it a mortal injury, a mortal wound. It's dead. He said if we, huh, through the spirit, mortify, kill Jesus this way. Kill it. Next time you look in the mirror, you'll say, I'm going to kill you. Huh? Huh? You know, you know how we, we, we say things to people that get on our nerves, you dead to me. You need to say that to your flesh. You dead to me. Because I'm alive in Christ. Uh, when it wants to have its way and you struggling, let your spirit man rise up and tell you dead to me. Oh, it's still there. All those old propensities are still there. You know, if we don't allow the Spirit to have his way, we can be fussing and cussing and fighting and stealing and doing everything else because we haven't forgot how to do it. I know I'm talking to somebody in here. We ain't forgot. I know someone get on your last reserve nerves just what just might happen. I said might, and I hope I'm right on the might because you know what? You're going to speak to that flesh and bring it under control and say, no. You did to me. I am a child of God. I'm going to glorify him even in this. The, the, the message passed to the priest. Here I am to worship. In the difficult times, the hard times, and the, the places that we don't want to be, and going through the things that we don't want to go through. I'm still here to worship God. I'm still here to give him the glory. Why? Because the Spirit is quickening and helping me mortify this flesh. Kill this flesh so the spirit man can rise up, amen, and God can get the glory out of this crazy situation. If we would just 
if we would just recognize who we are and what we have. Oh, my God. Let's just say in the 14th verse, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, that's what we're really talking about, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. In other words, you ain't got to be afraid. Huh? He said, I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and what? A sound mind. That's what God has given us in his spirit, not fear. But most of the time when we act out of character, spiritual Christian character, it's because of fear. We've allowed fear to rise up in some kind of way. We feel like we got to defend ourselves, and this ain't going to happen. I got, you know, so I, God, you ain't moving like I think you should move, so I'm taking over. How many of us have been there? Don't raise your hands, please. But we will take over from him in a heartbeat, amen, because we get afraid things ain't going to go quite like we expect or want or desire them to go. But guess what? Your will is not God's will. Your plan is not necessarily his. He might want it to get worse before it gets better. Can you imagine that? Woo. I believe Hebrew was to tell you something about that. Huh? So we have to get to that place to say, I surrender. Because the rest of that verse said, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba. You have been adopted in. Amen. The kingdom and the family of God. So you can truly call him that. Amen. And, you know, we, we should be in that place that we love our Father, our Heavenly Father, so much that we want, don't want to do anything to displease him. Anything, amen, that would discredit his name or his church. Amen. Anything that would cause people to fall or stumble, to be a stumbling block. We don't want to do none of those things. So, so we continue to yield ourselves to God, knowing that our help is in and through him, as it says in Galatians 2.20. says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. I love this verse. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Not, not necessarily my own faith, but the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm not doing this by myself. I don't have to do it on my own. All I have to do is face the giant. And when I face the giant, the Holy Ghost door. Huh? He said, I will fight your battle. Huh? It, 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 but if we just, do we believe him? Do we trust him that he knows what he's doing? Amen. And his timing and his purpose in our lives. Amen. Because like I said earlier, and, and we don't like this part, it may get worse before it gets better. God might need to take you a little bit deeper to pull somebody else out. Hmm. I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> no, he might have a plan for you. That's, that's more than what you think is good. But you got to yield yourself to him. It said we were baptized with him. And, and, and we used to be resurrected. Walking in the resurrection. Amen. We think about, again, the resurrection of Christ. He did this. So, when we've been resurrected, as it talks about in Romans, we should be 
Is that right? They said, something, something should have took place other than you getting wet. Right? Colossians 3, I'm, I'm going to read this and I'm going to be done. I'm going to be done. By the grace of God. Colossians 3, verse number 1, he said, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above and not things of the earth. This is a problem. Because I clearly can't focus and see everything that's in heaven, but I show some things on the earth I won't. Huh? And, and we see people following those affections to the things in the earth, amen, and turning their back on the things. Don't be that person. Amen. He says, set your affections on things above, not on, on the earth, for ye are dead and your life is hid in Christ, with Christ in God. In your life, it's like Pastor when somebody, that word, have we hid in our hearts, but we also want our life to be hid in him. Amen. So that we're operating. For we are dead, ye are dead, and your life is hid in Christ. I love that. Amen. You ain't got to worry about what nobody takes. I mean, isn't that right? When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify. There it is again. Somebody say, kill it. Kill it. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For these which things, for the wrath of God cometh on the children of what? Disobedience. Now, look what he says. He's acknowledging, and we need to acknowledge, in which, in the which ye also walk sometime when you lived in them. So, yeah, you've been there. You did that. Okay? But now ye also, but now <laughs> ye also put off all these. No, no, no. Pay attention, Christian. Pay attention. Put off all anger. Uh-oh. Somebody has trouble right there. He said, put off, you mean I, I can't get angry? There it is, Elder Johnny, be angry, but sin not. See, the problem is when we anger in our own right, it's going to lead to something. Right? So the best thing to do is not allow ourselves to get angry. Do you know anger is a choice? Hmm? You, we, we say things like this. They made me mad. No, what they did bothered you and you chose to get mad. Right? Because let me let me give you a simple I use this illustration all the time. If if I was, you know, walking in the congregation after service and they're serving ice cream to the kids and and, and, and a special needs child was got their ice cream and bumped it got it all over my nice boots. Huh? I would probably wouldn't bother me because I understand the situation. But now if one of these other little rambunctious characters come running through, 
and, and run into me and soil my suit. JJ. Should it be a different story? I can choose to be angry. I can choose to put it in the cleaner. Because either way, it got to go to the cleaner. You know what I'm in other words, I'm saying we have a choice. If you stop and pause and say, I know she didn't just say that to me. Huh? I know he didn't just cut me off. You can choose to get mad and go into road rage. They say, bless them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Help them get safe and not hurt themselves or anybody else. Choice. Choice. So he's telling us, amen, to put off, because most of us know. Well, let me, let me rephrase that. All of us know when anger is trying to rise. Right? Ain't no, ain't no about a doubt it. You, you start perspirating, your heart rate goes up, amen, you automatically begin to clench your fist, amen, lips get tight. Oh, we know the sign. You're about to turn into what they call a hot mess up in here. But what do you do? Jesus, keep me near the cross right now. Huh? So he said, so he said, put off anger and wrath, which is acting out on your anger. Amen. Malice, ill will, ill thoughts towards somebody. Blasphemy, in other words. <laughs> lie. Amen. Filter communication out of our mouths. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man and his deeds with his deeds. Oh, I'm not that person anymore. So like I said, when you look in the mirror, You know, you're going you're gonna, you're gonna to take him down or her down, whatever the case may be. And he said, and put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. A restored people or a, a resurrected people for a resurrected God. Because you, you ain't going to have to worry about the, the rapture if you ain't been resurrected already. Because if you ain't been resurrected, put off all this stuff and walking in Christ, you ain't going to be ready. I ain't going to be ready. So I got to get to that place, amen, to where I'm, I'm, uh, this thing is dead to me. Amen. I'm using it as a vehicle, but it's really not me. Amen. I'm not going to let it be in charge. It's like me going out there and you know, getting in the car and say, okay, take me where you will. How many of you have ever tried that in your car? Or you get there and say, you know, I'm tired. I'm on the highway. I'm tired. I'm just going to put on the cruise control and go to sleep. But there's a lot of Christians sleeping in this thing. They're letting it run on cruise control, and they're just going along for the ride. You got to take charge. You got to walk in the new. We talk about the resurrected Christ. That points to every single one of us because he told us to be like him. Remember? The same. We gotta be like Christ. We gotta rise. We gotta operate like he wants us to operate. Not in charge. I'm in charge. Spirit. Hallelujah. So if you're here this morning, 
struggling with this flesh still, I invite you to come to the altar. Amen. We will pray. Amen. Because we know that God's word is true. Amen. And because his word is true, we speak it, we declare it over our lives, over our circumstances and situations. We refuse to let it take authority over us. We are not a slave to the flesh. The flesh is the slave of the spirit. Amen. And if we walk in it like that, amen, we stay in charge and control. Oh, Lord, why you to say that? Hmm. See, I'm about to pray, and the Lord says, Some are staying at their feet right now because the flesh is still in control. We won't let them even leave their feet. I ain't looking at nobody. I'm just saying what the Lord just dropped in my spirit. But if you got to fight your way, fight your way. Because God will meet you. And I think about that, that prodigal son. He didn't wait for him to get all the way to the house. He ran to meet him. If you just make steps, make steps, make the effort, God will meet you. That's what you So let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for your grace, Lord, for your word that comes to help us. Lord, that we may be able to keep this flesh and bring this flesh under subjection, Lord, that we might be able to walk and live that resurrected life, God. Even now, Lord, a life that brings honor and glory to your name. But we know the propensities of this flesh. We, we've lived it. We've allowed it to be in charge. But God, we pray right now that our spirit man would rise. That as we feed ourselves your word, God, and we every day, God, to apply your word in every situation before we react, before we speak, before we respond to anybody. Lord, especially when we know that our flesh is trying to rise, that we know our flesh is not comfortable, we know that we're not liking it, we want you to get to it. Let your spirit take us. Let your spirit lead us, guide us, and direct us. God, I pray for those who come forth, Lord, push past any thought of somebody watching me. Lord, I, I, I thank you for each and every one of them. Lord, even as we pray for everyone under the sound of my voice, Lord, help us, Lord, to, to yield ourselves to you, to allow your spirit operating in us, Lord, to overcome the, the desires and the struggles and the sin that still wants to manifest itself. Lord, we, we ask you, Lord, to take those things out and allow your spirit to fill us up to the overflowing Take out those things that are not like you. Show us those areas, God, that we still need to release. Hallelujah. We say we need to change, but we just need to release it to you, God. We can't wait to, for the change, God. We just want to surrender it to you, God. We give our will to you by coming willingly to your throne, willingly to your word, God. Have your will. Have your will. Move according to the Lord. I pray for as you search our hearts, Lord, is anything evil, anything wicked, anything ungodly in us, Father, Lord, make it manifest, hallelujah. Show it to us, Lord, that we may lay it aside, God, without excuse, without blame, without covering. God, that you can have your way, Lord, and you can get the glory out of our lives. Father, we thank you right now for your mercy. 
didn't take us out before now. Lord, we thank you for your mercy that you made a way on the cross. We thank you, Lord, that, that you've been gracious toward us, Lord, even when we didn't deserve it. We just give you the praise, the honor, and the glory, God. So as we go from this place, Lord, let us not leave the same way. Let us not just walk out and say, oh, that was a good word. No, help us to, to grab hold of it and hide it in our hearts, God, and, and apply it in our living, God, because we know it's a God word. That wants to bring about change in our lives. We thank you and we praise you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Is there anyone here that needs to recommit themselves, amen? Haven't given your life to him, amen? The altar's also open. You know, anyone that does have a church home, you want to be a part of living faith? Amen. We invite you. Amen. Get, get connected. Get involved. Amen. Hallelujah. We thank God for the Hunter Burgers. Thank you. Amen. Anybody else? Amen. want to get connected. Get part of the of God. Thank God for, for Phil and Donita making the decision to be a part of living faith. Lord, we just give you the praise. Let's reach out here. Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this awesome. Lord, you know what you're doing, and we give you the glory for it. We thank you, God, that they love you, Lord, and they, they're here to serve you, to be a part of this body as we walk together, God, to grow together, to face whatever challenges we need to face together. God, that you would cover us, Father, you would use us according to your glory, not just as individuals, but as a body. You order our steps, you direct our steps, Lord, that we can magnify you in all that Turn face your your new family. Amen. You got a Hallelujah. Amen. I like to introduce yourselves. You <laughs> say ladies first. You gotta turn it on. God put on my heart this morning a scripture, which I happen to have in my pocket. <laughs> From Jeremiah 20, Jeremiah 24, 6 and 7. For I will set my eyes on them for good, God says, and I will bring them again to this land, and I will build them up and not overthrow them, and I will plant them and not pluck them up. I will give them a heart to know me, for I am the Lord, and they will be my people, and I will be their God, for they will return to me with their whole heart. So I've got some dying to do. <laughs> and I've got some loving to do. And I just I just want to say how grateful that I am. I have not been part of church for a long time. I've been serving God. I've been fellowshipping with others and doing my work. But I never thought I'd see the day where I could find a place where my heart truly felt at home and um, where I could bring my, both my sorrow and my joy and um, that I could be welcomed, um, not just for what I do, but for who I am. So I, when I came through these doors, I just felt that welcome. And I'm 
I'm here to receive what you have to give because I cannot do the stretch on my own. I need you, and I'm here for you. So during uh, Pastor David's uh, sermon, a verse that really the Lord brought reminded me of a uh, um, favorite verse of mine. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And I've got a lot of growing to do, and I'm looking forward to joining all of you and serving and growing together in his name. Warm welcome as we dismiss. Amen. So we have Diane. After we dismiss, make sure you give, give, give a hug and welcome. Y'all know how we do.